So I think being here, you, you're reminded of the gift of a child every day. Hi, I'm Bridget Garsh, co-founder of Neighbor Schools and your host for Work Like a Mother, a podcast dedicated to real conversations with incredible women juggling work, life, and motherhood. Today, I'm delighted to sit down with Melissa Clayton, CEO and founder of Tiny Tags. When I went back to work after my maternity leave with Hudson, I was a total jumble of emotions. I was happy to be using my brain for something other than nap and feeding schedules. I was eager to see my team and connect with work friends. I was ecstatic to eat lunch all by myself. But I was also worried how Hudson would do with his daycare transition. I was nervous about whether I could pump enough milk. And I was honestly scared that Hudson would love his teachers more than me. You get the picture. I was a hot mess of feelings. Luckily, I had some thoughtful gifts from my husband to make those early days just a tiny bit easier. He'd given me a little easel full of photos I had snapped in those first three months and a necklace with an H on it. I still wear that necklace almost every day, and it's one of the reasons I admire the brand that Melissa is building. Whether they're big moments or small ones, happy or sad, she's helping us celebrate the entire motherhood journey and the tiny humans that made us mamas. When Melissa made the first Tiny Tags pendant at her kitchen table in 2012, she felt like she was onto something, but she didn't know just how big it might get. Her inspiration was simple, but beautiful. Make a piece of jewelry that she could wear with her all the time and remind herself of her son. These simple, elegant pieces soon caught the attention of moms everywhere. And she's since sold over 200,000 necklaces to moms who want to celebrate and cherish their children and their roles as mothers. As she's grown the business, she's heard from countless parents who share genuine and heartfelt stories about how important these pieces of jewelry have been to them, which is a constant reminder of the impact of bringing her passion and her vision to the world. Thank you. Thank you. We are so excited to have you on Work Like a Mother. And I cannot wait to hear more about your journey, both into motherhood and starting um, the business. So I thought it would be a really good place to start to hear from you the inspiration for Tiny Tags. Um, sure. So um I, there's always, that's, it's such a loaded question, I think, because when I first started, it was really, um, I had never thought I was going to be a stay-at-home mom ever, um, grew up with the father that had gotten divorced. And I saw like my ex-stepmother, you know, sort of give up her career and sort of being lost a little bit, you know, a man without a home. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, I'll never depend on a man for a paycheck. And then circumstances happened where, we were living um, in Rhode Island and we moved out to California and I was like my husband's job and I was like, All right, I'll stay home. So I wanted to be a stay at home mom. And um, 
sort of fell into it. I had seen a necklace that somebody was wearing with their kid's name on it, and it was hand-stamped. Um, this is quite a while ago before Etsy even was around or Instagram. And I was like, I'm going to try to figure out how to do that. So I kind of fell into it that way and was looking for something to do. Did that for quite a few years. Um, it was the mom in the basement look. And then it really took on a much greater meaning, I think, um, as the years went on and I started to really connect with other women and other moms and hear their stories. And I think something inside of me, I don't think it was an accident. I probably, it was just being in the business of celebrating children. Mm-hmm. I think there was something in me that um, connected to this. So, And now had you had any of your three boys before you started the, the company? So you were a stay at home mom. With yep. all of them or with one of them? So no, we had my first son and then we pretty much moved um, from my husband's job pretty quickly out to California. So my second son was born out in California. So I started it in between when I was pregnant with my second son um, and then started it then. And again, I was doing it at night, weekends. Mm-hmm. And really at that time it was like, okay, if I can make a hundred dollars for the week, I was happy. Um, and that's how it started. Wow. And what an evolution to go from yeah. that to where you are today. Yeah. And we're still, I mean, we're a total of nine here. You know, my husband joined um, almost five years ago now. And my husband and I, we remember laying in bed because my husband, I mean, he should have been a lacrosse coach. I mean, I think that um, he coaches now, but for a full-time job. So he was doing corporate. We both were CPAs, um, but pretty miserable CPAs. Um and he was doing a job he just didn't love. Mm-hmm. And it used to kind of almost break my heart that I was able to really kind of do things that I loved, whether it was being with the kids and start this little business. And he was not very happy, crunching numbers all day. Um, but I remember us laying in bed and saying, imagine if I can do $200 a day, like, you know, and then you could work part-time. So it is pretty, when I think of that, I'm like, wow, we have really come a long way. So feel very blessed. And were you working as a CPA when you had your first? Yes. Um, I had left um, the public accounting world um, and I was actually working at Oracle up in Burlington. Um, And at the time, you know, people weren't working from home. They were not really flexible um, with working from home one day a week. And, you know, talk about childcare. Mm -hmm. We did the math and I was like, I think we might lose money if both of us work and put our kid, our child in daycare because daycare was so expensive. Um, and we both had hour commutes. So that's when we did a kind of a 360 in our life. And we actually wound up moving um, so we could afford the I stay home. Yeah, you did that, that analysis that so many families have to do to look and see how are we going to make this all come together and, and work. Yeah. Um, so as you were starting the business, um, did you find that your CPA skills were really helpful in starting the business? And what did you learn along the way of really growing the company? Yep. Yeah, so I think absolutely having the accounting background helped me understand, you know, P&L and understand expenses and profit and all that. Um, 
I think that the, the passion probably is a little bit in me. I think mm-hmm. I was always thinking of what kind of business could I start. My dad was an entrepreneur. I grew up going to his office every day, stuffing envelopes, emptying the garbage. So it's definitely in me. Um, so I just think, I just never thought I would wind up in an account doing, making jewelry. I think I had thought I would start my own, like maybe little accounting firm or something. Um, but yeah, so I, I think the, the passion that I learned from my father, I was born with, I think has helped me more than anything, um, than the accounting. And now that you've produced, I don't even know how many, how many pieces of jewelry have you produced at this point? Do you have a running count? I don't know, but I should, you know, we actually say the number of children we've celebrated, um, must be, I mean, 200,000. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, uh, pretty incredible. And what is your favorite necklace or piece of jewelry that you've seen somebody create? What, what stories have you heard along the way? This one, I can't cry. Um, It's, it's always moms that have lost children um, because you're just, you can't fathom. Um, So I'm always blown away when they come to us to celebrate or honor their child. Um, We had a, a necklace come across my desk this holiday and it said on the back, um, my son, my hero. And I was like, oh no. And I Googled and sure enough, he was 29 mm-hmm. and died in a ski mobile accident. And it just blows me away that she came to us to moralize her son. So and she'll those are the carry ones. him with her every day. Yeah. So yeah, those are the ones that always stay with me. And then when we have, I mean, there was like a mom um, in Australia, and this is another incredible story. There's probably two, um, with this mom in Australia that I stumbled upon on Instagram years and years ago. I mean, probably like four or five years ago, um, and had lost a child that eight months old, a rare genetic disorder. And I mean, that's the good thing about social media. Um, cause you, I think we all have this love hate relationship with it sometimes, And so I had followed her journey and she was committed to um, teaching about genetic, it was a genetic um, condition to get people tested and let them know about testing for different conditions so that she, nobody would go through what she went through. And then she struggled for years and years to get pregnant and have um, miscarriages. And now, I mean, I think she's probably due in like a month. Um, And to watch her go through that, like you feel like you're part of that journey with her because she's updated so much on social media. So um, those are the stories also that, you know, that remind you that, you know, what we take for granted sometimes other people are praying for every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think being here, you, you're reminded of the gift of a child every day. That's a really beautiful sentiment. And I think when I'm listening to you talk, I also just hear you talking about the community that you're building as well. Did you ever anticipate that when you started making jewelry, that you would have this community of moms really coming together and, and celebrating children? Was that part of the initial vision? No, but I think that's what has fueled me. I think there was a part of me and I don't think it's probably an accident that I grew up with my dad and my mom did her best that I sought out this connection to other women and to talk about motherhood. And I think there was probably part of me that wanted every mom to show up for their kid and realize how incredible 
um, mother's a mother's love is. And so I think there's a there was a part of me that for my own childhood that this was a way to take all those feelings I had and express them. So so it wasn't a master plan, but I think it's what has um, made me love it so much. And I've never felt a day that it's work um, at all. Who have been the, the, the women that have supported you in your own motherhood journey? Um, my sisters. I have an older sister. Um, I have an aunt that um, lives down in Georgia that is incredible. Um, I've seen her be there for her kids, but not be overbearing and get letting them take chances, letting them fail. Um, so she's just been someone I've always admired. Um, so she's been a huge impact for me. And what have been some of your biggest lessons in motherhood? Um, gosh, there's so many, right? <laughs> um, I think for me, probably is not let fear override you, right? So, you know, my boys are 15 and uh 14 and 12. And I know they take their helmets off when they get off when they get on their bikes and they leave the neighborhood. And, you know, our office is not too far from, it's like a mile. And I love for them to come here and make boxes and help out. And every time I call them to come, I know they're going to ride their bike over. And then I'm like, oh my God, what if today's the day they hit by car because I had them come here and I know they didn't wear their helmet or like even (laughs) now they're lifting weights in the basement and I'm like, I didn't want to leave the house because I was afraid one of them would, something would happen and they would die with the weight. So like letting fear um, be my decision maker um, is probably the thing I struggle, I struggle with now as they're not in my control anymore. Not that they're really ever in my control probably, but that um, letting fear in my mind go, what if, what if, what if, and allowing them to, um, you know, grow into their, a little, their adulthood and their teen years, so it's so hard to suppress that fear or, or just sort of keep it in check, I guess is probably a better way to describe it. I mean, I know that even with my youngest, with my eight month olds, when I'm carrying them down the stairs, like I'll take my socks off at the top of the stairs because we have wood stairs. And I think I'm not, I don't want to take any chances. God forbid. What if I slipped and I fell and you just play this, what if game a lot in your head and the flip side is you don't want to pass that on and make them fearful. So with my three-year-old, I'm constantly thinking about similar to your example with the helmets, like he sprints around, right. And sometimes all I can see are the sharp corners and thinking we're going to end up in the ER one day when he bashes his head against one of these corners and he's going to get a need to get stitches, but you can't, run around and just, you know, put yeah. your arms around them and, and shelter them from the world at the same, at the same time. So it's such a tough balance. Yeah. And there's so, and you hear every story. Oh, did you hear that this happened to this kid? And you know, there's a one, my husband who's very grounded will be like, Missy, like it's all a numbers game. Like what are the odds that this would happen? And, um, but I have to tell you, I actually, my little sister is nine years younger than me. And I did fall down the stairs with her wearing the socks, the slippers, your grand, my grandmother used to knit. Yeah. And and she had to get stitches in her head. Oh my God. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Probably if you looked at the, the, the chances, right. And the right. odds, it would be 
you might be worried about all these things over here, right? That seem like known dangers. And it's going to be the thing over here that surprises you and, and pops up out of nowhere to, to cause yeah. some, some injury. But Well, if you think back to before you were a mom, what advice would you give to your pre-mom self? Mm, I think when, um, to set up more of a community, I think, you know, as a older mom and I see like even my younger sister, who's nine years younger than me, you know, um, I think I would have set up more of a community and make sure I, I knew how to find other moms. We had moved to a new town when Tyler was like six months old. Um, luckily I found a mom's group, but I think understanding how important that's going to be when you have a child is finding other moms to be with because it can be lonely when you're home alone, especially in the dead of winter. Mm -hmm. Um, and what a difference it makes if a friend comes over with, um, their child and you're able to sit there and, you know, at least chit chat and have an adult conversation and talk about the journey of motherhood. So, um, I think having community, I wish I had family closer. I think how important family is Mm -hmm. because we had really had no one when we were in Rhode Island. Um, and that would have been important. Yeah, that seems like it's it's so important to have people you can just talk to about the ups and downs, the roller coaster, the the challenges. I mean, how do you feel like you make the juggle work now with everything that you have on your plate? Um, so I think um, you know, I was saying today, it's like for for us, my husband and I, I think the business has never been like a means to an end. You know, we're not on this. Um, you know, we're not out there trying to raise money to, you know, be able to sell it in three years and buy a bigger house or a bigger car. So I'm as much committed to the journey and enjoying it as I am. And and I mean, I want to grow and succeed and all that, but I don't put all this crazy pressure on myself to do that. Um, You know, I see that my oldest is going to be 16 next week you know, I have two years left. So I'm the first one to be like, you know, what? I'm going to go home and make sure I'm home and be able to spend time with my kids. Cause I know it's going to go so quick. So, um, and I think, you know, being someone that doesn't have a lot of hobbies also helps. <laughs> so my hobby is working. I mean, there's plenty of nights now where my kids are off doing their own thing and I work. I mean, that's what I like to do because it's never felt like work. So, um, and I'm an early riser, which also helps. So I think using my time wisely is probably, you know, um, and I have a husband that, you know, we both share the household chores. We both go food shopping. So I'm not someone that's, you know, working a 40 hour week and then having to come home and do everything around the house. Um, I've been a very big believer of my kids being, you know, my boys do the dishes pretty much every night they do their own laundry. Like I'm not someone that's trying to create this perfect situation at home. Um, so I think that helps out, you know, I'm comfortable if the house is not perfect and I am very much into the kids being resourceful and doing their own stuff. So. It sounds like you're also very intentional about delegating and asking for help and enlisting everyone. You're not carrying it all on your shoulders. Is that something that you learned along the way or is that something you you know set out at the start of your marriage it was very clear to you this is how it's going to be or is that evolved 
I think it's evolved. My, our relationship was definitely not always like that. My husband and I, when he worked in the city, he was gone, you know, he would leave at six in the morning and he was strolling at seven 30 at night. So there was no choice, you know, he had no time. Um, I think now that we're both working in the business, we're a mile from the house and we have the flexibility and the kids are older, you know, they have their own lives and they kind of have their own, manage their own schedule. Um, so I think that has just been a natural progress progression that he, Mike has taken on as much of the role of the household as I have. Um, and he's just very involved, you know, they all play sports and he coaches them. So he's driving them more than I am because he's coaching. So, um, that part has worked out. He's here. <laughs> he's listening in he's listening thinking, what is he things. saying about me? Right. What's going to be out there in the world about yeah. our, our marriage. I, yeah. I catch my husband sometimes like, I'll run something by him. I'll, I'll say, I think I'm going to share this on the podcast. Just yes. wanted to get your take before yeah. you, you hear yeah. it for yourself. Yeah. But we work at our marriage, you know, I'm definitely not going to sit there. I mean, w- working together has put a bigger strain in our relationship probably than anything because our roles have changed and we're together a lot. Um, but I think at the same time, we're both committed to our marriage. So um I think it's taken more work now than it ever has because we are together so much. Um, But that's where the office has been nice. So we're able to kind of split up our time a little bit too, which is good. And probably just even feel like you're in a different space too. Like it's like there's, there's greater separation between work life and, and home life. Yeah, definitely. As you think of your sons growing up and moving on and starting their, their own families. Is there anything you wish for them that as they go off to, to start their journeys? Um, that they're just kind, you know, I think, um, as much as, you know, you see what's going on in this world right now and, you know, just really want to instill them how much kindness matters. Um, kindness to women they might date someday, kindness to people they don't talk to, and just that they're kind and they have integrity. Um, and, that, and that they have a value system. I hope that we instill in them on what matters in life. And um, so that's, and, and I hope they marry someone like you that wants to live upstairs for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't think anyone envisioned that at the time. It was just something that that evolved, um, definitely. But yeah, we, we are are very lucky, and I think my my in laws feel very fortunate um, each day that we're yeah. all, all able to be so close. No, I love it. Um, well, thank you so so much for chatting and sharing a little bit of your your journey with me with uh, all of the moms who are are listening. I really appreciate it. Oh well, thanks for having me. And I mean, amazing work that you're doing. And I think getting childcare. I love the idea of what you're doing. Um, it would make such a difference for so many women and families. Thank you. Yes, we're very passionate about it. And, um, you know, we hope to not only influence the lives of women who need child care so they can go and uh, pursue their passions and their interests, but also supporting the, the providers and the mostly women who are providing child care and helping them to have, you know, an, a livable wage and really make this a successful women-run business too. Yeah, no, it's wonderful. 
Thanks so much for listening. I'm Bridget Garsh, and this is Work Like a Mother. I'm excited to share another amazing Working Mama story with you next week. But before I go, I have a quick favor to ask. Please help us spread the word by giving us five stars on Apple Podcasts. It's the best way for more working moms to discover our show. Thanks, and have a great week.